tense, thrilling, and took balls. But enough about the World Snooker Final. I had no idea what you were going on about that. I was looking at you, I was with you. And then I was like, what balls? See, I was going to go for, and this is a little shout out to WandaVision fans, it was buckles all along. Woo! Spoilers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's the end. It's the end. The end is nigh. Do you, do you think this is... I'm, I mean, I'm getting the strongest feeling here that this is the the end end for AC12 and for this show. You think that there won't make any more episodes? Mm, I, I think it's left so that if there aren't any more episodes, it has concluded. Well, I think I think there is enough there that makes me think they are definitely doing another season. Not least the the ratings of this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there was enough planted there, which, which makes me think they are going forward with a slightly different plot. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. What's your initial thoughts? I thought it was really subtle. I like the fact that there wasn't any. When you say, if I'm going to say it, there weren't any big moments, that's completely wrong. Mm. But there wasn't a moment like, let's say, Doc Cotton, urgent exit required. required. Yeah. That's always going to be my go-to moment. When yeah. they are interviewing Buckles, there's a shot where he goes outside of the glass cube and you think, oh, yeah. something's going to happen. Where's his yeah. fun? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something's going to happen. And then even at the end, where Ted goes back into Carmichael's, I thought... What's it? Oh, something's going to go on. Something really big and action is going to happen. You wanted that and one more thing, didn't yes, you? Yes, there's, yeah. there's something else going to turn around the corner. But actually, that wouldn't ring true. And what he has done, what Mercurio's done with his writing, is he's been true to life. Yeah. He's he's done what what would happen in real life is these things are swept under the carpet. This is exactly what has happened. We know this in terms of institutional corruption in large organisations. People's pictures are taken down off the wall and put in a box, and that's the end of that. It's pushed to the bad people. You know, bad things don't always happen to bad people, do they? Yeah. Incompetent people still still work within organisations, mm. and I think he's reflecting that real life in this show. So, whilst part of me was like, oh, "I'm ready for a really big ending," actually, I think I might have been disappointed if it had gone to that degree. So my initial thoughts are how well-crafted this is and how I've come away thinking, yeah, that'll do. That'll do me just fine. And yourself? Thanks for asking. (laughs) I was giving you the facial nod, like the, and you, with my eyes, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the... I wish this was an hour and a half episode because I think there are certain things about the first 20 minutes, half hour that were completely rushed and clunky. Um, I would go as far as saying... Controversial. Well, the messages I'm getting on my phone as I'm speaking (laughs) says it's not. I was really happy with it. I was punching the air when the reveal of Buckles was made. I got it. You called it. I got it about 10 minutes before. It was a sort of a three-part reveal of... Oh, it's this person, but they did sort of the Austin Powers thing of covering up everyone's face <laughs> yeah. with like teacups and melons that were walking past. Uh, and then when it was him, yeah, um, 
I'm, I'm so happy about that. You know I'm... what? I wouldn't have known it was Buckles unless you had said. I was so into it. I was like, who could it be? Who could it be? And then when you said it, it made total sense. It was the only person it could be. But there are a lot of people thinking it was lacklustre. There are a lot of people really? thinking it... Yeah. Oh, and you're looking at the phone. I haven't looked yet. I've got two texts within... And but this is seven minutes past ten we're recording right mm. now. So it's literally just finished. And I've had a text saying not having that. And a text saying lacklustre. <gasps> Oh, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. So, whoever you are on the phone... There are people not happy with it being Buckles, which I think is brilliant. It makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. We've talked about this before, about incompetence, and we've worked long enough, we're both in our 40s, we've worked long enough to have seen people who are completely incompetent rise up the ranks, and you don't understand what they're doing there, or even when we've gone in, uh, you know, places of employment, and seen people in... Uh, you know things above us you're looking at me now as if you're scared I'm going to say something and if you join our Patreon <laughs> Ellen will name the people <laughs> but you, you know what I mean everyone out there knows exactly what I'm talking about Mercurio's done one of his usual things which is he's captured something that we all know in real life which is where you know people who probably shouldn't be at that level are at that level and they get away with things or their incompetence just kind of gets oh the roll of the eyes and a sort of like oh well they're just average or below average and we'll just keep dealing with them this is buckles cover and i loved that switch within the interview because i don't think he is particularly highly competent he's not your natural mastermind and yet in that interview the, there's something there that says yeah, actually, if when I'm behind a screen and when no one knows it's me, I can send out these instructions. Yeah. Because what does it matter? I'm just a face, a faceless face. Yeah. Behind a computer in my big house. I kind of wanted the turn, the Alex Jennings turn in the third season of Unforgotten, making a reference that no one will know apart from you, uh, where at the end of it, he just turns into being essentially a sociopath. And we didn't get that, but... We, shall we, gonna, should we go through the plot? Because <laughs> we need to get Let's going. do it, yeah. We've yeah. got to get going. <laughs> so we start off with Steve watching the interview between Carmichael and Ted from season five. And this starts off the secondary plot that Ted is the one who leaked the information to the OCG in season five. Kate and Steve meet up. And on my note is Kate finds out Steve is, I'm not going to say use the word that I'm saying, but Steph. Oh, right, okay. He's having... Well, he, as he rightly says, oh, it's not like that mate. Yeah. And it's not. We know it's not. It's just he's... I mean, finding, it kind of is He's Steve. finding comfort, but he's not finding comfort in the usual way that he that He, he finds does. comfort with a lot of different yeah, people. Yeah, I know he does. And she's kind of like, oh, yeah, right. Um, Strongbox has been found in the laboratory. Laboratory? Laboratory? Yeah, laboratory. Is it, is it Lab. really a laboratory? Workshop. It's, yeah, that's it. We then get the thing that has a slower build than the White Walks in Game of Thrones, Steve at Occupational Health. Oh, I was so pleased he was finally there, though, because I think another scene of him getting that little, you know, <laughs> urgent, you have not attended. No, okay. seriously, you need to get here now. And what, what a great storyline, actually. When, when I saw him there and the guy who was talking to him, the person in Occupational Health... I thought this was a really lovely little line that goes through. Yeah. The line line of duty. But in a lovely little thread towards the end about mental health and working in the police force. I thought it was lovely. I'm really good. I didn't use, get to use my urgent appointment required joke. Oh, but, sorry, um, hello. Yeah, you cut me off there. <laughs> yeah. 
last of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it is final episode. Uh, the guy from Occupational Health is massively passive aggressive, saying, "Oh, you're taking your time to, to to book this in." It's like, yeah, yeah, I missed the emails. Yeah, yeah, the, the, just go up in the corner. I just we well, just says I'm very busy. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah, very busy. I'm which, very busy catching criminals. Which I think is the it's fair enough. Yeah, I think you can argue. But he knows, doesn't he? He knows yeah. with the amount of drugs that are in Steve's system. Yes, very the, high level a, of name of medication is my next note. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't judge, which is the bit that I really like. He doesn't judge him. He just says, you're under a lot of stress. And then he goes into listing all the people that Steve's seen die. And you, it's a complete reminder of everything Steve's gone through. Because we sort of like throw it, oh, what, what happened to this? Or oh, someone went through a window. But he's seen so many people come to a really awful like demise. Yeah, Tony Gates. Yeah, in, in his car. Georgia, falling out a window. Mm, out a window. Um, we get a name for Ruby, who was the police person who was killed in yes. episode three or four yeah. of the shootout. And my next note is, shit, follow Steve around. Yeah. Um, so he's asked to turn in his firearms licence, which he does. Did you think something was going to come of that? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Uh, initially wrote, Steve's dying here. <laughs> or, Steve does not yeah, have a gun. Yeah. Um, but Ted's very supportive of him. Steph, Steph Corbett is leaving him a voicemail still. Still. Come on, love. Come on, Steph. It's time to let it go, I think. I think she needs to get on... Spend that money. Bumble or whatever it is. Or... Bumble. Is that the name of a dating app? I I thought that was the name of, like... No, I don't think it... I mean, I mean, it might be. I'm pretty sure it is. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. Do you need to find this out? I, I might do if you, you, might. If you keep on cutting off my jerks. <laughs> Bumble did me network better. Oh, well. I mean... <laughs> Sponsored by Bumble. They put in a tonight's podcast. They put date first because so that you no longer have to read after that. We all know what people are using it for. Apologies I mean, to anyone money. using Bumble to <laughs> meet our networking. But she's got her money. She can use her money. She's fine. I think she'll be fine. She doesn't need Steve. Yeah, she's a good looking lass. Yeah. She's got BT Sports. She can get people on to watch the exactly. Champions League or the European Super League or whatever. So we get to the strong box. It contains the pistol that shot Gail Vella. It contains gloves and a bomber jacket with the DNA of Carl Banks in it. So that wraps that up. And it contains a DVD box set of everyone who's been killed <laughs> from the past five seasons. I love the fact that Fake Dot also like sets them up and goes, I'm very sorry to have it that proper like one-liner of, prepare yourself, this information could be quite triggering. Yeah. Monique's blood, Colbert's <laughs> yeah. blood, God. Jackie Laverty's blood. All the and all the knives. They're missing someone from season two and three, but you know I totally forgot about Tony Gates having them when Tony Gates is knocked out in season one, the OCG put the knife into his hand, put his prints on, and then they keep that yes. as as blackmail. I completely forgot about that. And mm. you you think, yes, of course they've got to be keeping them somewhere. And here they all are. We find out that the bodies were of Marcus Thurwell and his wife, who've been strangled in Spain. For a long time ago as well, because they yeah. decomposed. But no. they looked at it. Yeah. And you know, last week I thought, and I didn't say this on the podcast, but then people brought it up on Twitter. I honestly thought that one of the police officers that put his face to camera, you know, when they were doing the sort of the night vision. Yeah. Looked, he looked just like James Nesbitt in the in the eyes, and I thought, oh well, it's not him lying dead on the floor. He's one of the police officers. He's like hiding in plain sight, but that didn't come to anything. <laughs> it's a lovely little Easter egg in there that wasn't. A line of duty, season seven. 
yeah, we're going to go to Spain. We're going to hunt down Marcus Thurwell undercover in the police squad. Is this because you've been learning Spanish a bit. and you want to use it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we find out that the IP addresses that the messages are coming from aren't from his apartment. It's been anyway, so it's Which just, is exactly yeah. what I said last week. You did, yes, well done. There's no way that he was that. Yeah. I'm a little bit annoyed because I really wanted to like point out mistakes and uh, yeah. Amanda comes in, who I think is the fifth person because mm. she's far too efficient. We got really excited when Amanda walked in as well. I hope the rest of the world also appreciates Amanda quite as much as we do. I think this is going to become an Amanda the Techie <laughs> podcast after. Yeah. So we get another message found with definitely in it. Joe's transported for an interview with the bodyguard. Doesn't have a name as far as I know. It looks from the paperwork that Lomax called it in with Kate undersigning okay. it. Sort of, we had the split second of Chris being a baddie and yeah. then, no. Oh, no. No, it's not. No, he's been used. They're chasing the white van. The black Range Rover's come out. I'd say this is the first clunky bit of the night. Really? Yes. Oh, I loved it. I didn't see this coming at all. I think... When Steve gets out of the van, I'm like, oh, he's in the van. Because I, the reason you don't see it is because the language that we know of cinema says that we need more than just they're chasing them and then there's about two scenes missed out there. You hear when they go under the underpass, when the, the white van goes, you hear intercept. So I thought, oh, well, they're intercepting. They, and they have, they clearly have intercepted it. I really like the, I'm, the, I'm, the is it called a bait and switch? Is that what yes. they call it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not having that at all. Oh, right. I, it, to me, it, it misses out the the seat the setup scene. Um, I I felt really really annoyed but at that point. If we point. put the setup scene in, then we know what's happening. But isn't the joy of it to but, be like taken aback? No, because I can't quite explain it. But <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a, I'm not I'm not a film student. But there is a way that you can do that. But it doesn't involve showing the whole chase and everything like that. I I don't quite understand why. I think you don't show the person who's driving the van in that pot way or something like that. It's it's just a little bit too perfect. I mean, Fast and Furious do it all the time, and mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven, where mm-hmm. they then go back and show how it happened. Right. Okay. And I that might what be what what it's it's quite uncharacteristic of Line of Duty to do that. They wouldn't do it, but I think I needed something like that to explain how it happened. So Joe won't give up the name of the... Oh, no, so, sorry. My notes are, Joe won't give up the name of the person who she thinks is orchestrating it. Oh, hang on. They're going to the prison, so she might have. <laughs> yeah. Because this is done so quick. I think that this should have been an hour and a half episode because there is no time to breathe on that. That entire Joe scene goes in about two minutes. I like it. I like the fact that we're not hanging around and we're also... Th- these are dead ends. So, okay... Joe's going to get taken out by the OCG. No, she's not. If we strung that out forever, it would just be one of those, a bit like um, Jimmy Lakewell. We're just going back over the same ground over and over again. I like it. She was going to be taken off somewhere by the masked men. Now she's not. She's She thinks that this guy is a father. No, he isn't. And he's clearly not a criminal. Well, he's a criminal mastermind to a certain extent, but now he clearly has some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. And we work that out straight away. So we're going down the dead ends before we get our man. I I personally like that. I and, wouldn't have wanted to stay there much longer. And the person who she believes is her father is Fairbanks. Fairbanks. 
And you knew, did you get that as soon as they were outside the prison? Because it was the same place that Steve and Chloe had been to a few episodes before. I didn't get it as soon as that, okay. no, no. I was like, oh, it's Fairbanks. I needed to interview and went, oh, it's Fairbanks. But then I thought, you know. I was going to say that would have been nice, but then I totally did away. the same with Buckles. Exactly. Her, yeah. <laughs> Ted, is, Ted looks nervous when Fairbanks is talking about things. I don't think he was. I thought he looked incredulous. That's a word. Incredulous with anger is how I thought he looked. I I I think they were trying to make you think that, but it wouldn't surprise me if the acting, if the direction was nervousness. Strong disagree. No comment. <laughs> there are, there are points in the show in the episode in particular, where you're going back to Ted and you're looking at him. So when they're interviewing people, they do come back in, almost like in the previous seasons, to make you think that he is the person behind it all. He clearly isn't. I've, he can't I've be. got plenty of notes on that. Okay. I've got plenty of notes on that. Super Chloe finds details on a some paperwork from 2003 showing people writing definitely. This is a bit of a farce as well. Because they are going to, again, Austin Powers' methods to go, oh, it's him. Oh, we're not going to mention his name. We never see the name. It just feels awkward to me. It's not just teasing you. It's actively withholding something that other people know about. And I find that quite uncharacteristic of this show. They don't normally do the, oh, we're in the know, but no one else is just purely for dramatic effect. However, I called it as soon as they said it. So, um... and the reaction makes sense to me when they're looking at it and they're going, "Really?" Yeah. Rather than, "Right, we've got our man," and all of that bravado that Ted normally brings to it, he's sort of looking at it, going, "Well, it can't be him." Yeah. Because he's useless. Yes. But of course, that's you know that that's the the whole point, isn't it? Kate and Steve take Ted to one side and confront him about the fifty thousand pounds. Uh, he says he's handed an envelope, but officially that money didn't exist. He split it in two so that if the OCG came for it, they wouldn't. it would be harder for them to bring back. Um, he denies disclosing John Corbett's name, but did disclose there was an informant. That makes sense to me. Yeah. But this person had beaten and tortured his wife, which I yeah, forgot, forgot about. Yeah, forgot about that, because yeah. didn't he um, shoot her in the knees? Yes, yeah. And it's again hinted that Ted could be... John yeah, Corbett's yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he definitely, definitely had a relationship with John Corbett's mother. That's, yes. cle- that's clearly, you know, they were trying to point to it in the last season, but it's clearly what's happened. I think that at points this season, Ted has become a little bit of a catchphrase machine. And the way that everyone lost their shit over Jesus, Mary, Joseph and the ba- wee baby donkey, or whatever it was. I don't think it was a baby donkey. <laughs> Yeah, just, it was just a wee donkey. It wasn't a wee baby donkey. I mean, it, it wasn't be, the smallest would, would donkey. Much, it wouldn't be much use if it was a baby donkey, would it? <laughs> I don't get that joke. But it wouldn't be much use if they were carrying stuff to Bethlehem oh, on the back oh, of a baby donkey. It'd be cruel. Yes. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think he's become a bit of a catchphrase machine. And I found it a little bit... Whilst everyone else is going, oh, brilliant, he's pulled out another one. Mm. I found it a little bit annoying all season. But this Adrian Dunbar is absolutely bringing it proper his A-game all the way through this episode, but especially in this scene. So just a really small scene as well. It's not a long one. Yeah. But it's so subtle and quiet. And 
the redness in the eyes, but without crying. Yes. And you can really feel that embarrassment to have to talk to his team because he's meant to be the gaffer, he's the one mm. that's beyond repute. But also this shame that he feels within himself as well for his actions. Yeah. So then we get to the interview, the key part in any line of duty beep. finale. A big, a big long beep and then a proper tracking shot yes. across the three of them was lovely. With just cupboards open in front of Buckles' face. <laughs> yeah. Someone yawning them. just, just <laughs> to, so their arms follow his face as they go past. When I first saw it, when I saw him walking in, I thought he was um, a guy with very little hair. I thought he was really balding and an old man. And so I was like, who is that? I was really, because I was saying to you, I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. And I know Me. you'd already shouted out Buckles. No, not you. But you'd already shouted it out. And I was like, but it doesn't look like Buckles. And then obviously eventually it was. Carmichael was glaring from afar as well, which I thought was interesting. So it's revealed that Buckles is the mastermind behind it all. <laughs> um, IP rooting from Spain, just like I effing said, says my notes. Fair yeah. enough. Um, the subtitler, I hope, has not played the clipboard for the past week because control V, control V, control V, no comment, no comment, no comment. Um, Buckles has a hidden life with houses and... Cayman Island corporations. corporations. Yeah. And lovely bit of acting between him and Kate because, like she said, she's worked with him undercover twice yeah. and she's worked with him in MIT and he's, he's, she said something about his suits being really cheap suits yeah. and also the fact that he never gets around in. So he's just the, this hiding in plain sight, as we've said all the way along, haven't we? We've used that phrase so many times. There he yeah. is, just sitting in the background, playing away his little role, when actually he's got these, this beautiful house and all this money. And Nigel Boyle's body language in this is absolutely perfect, mm. as he plays Buckles. Agreed. He's got that cockiness of, yeah, come on then, I'm not, I'm not what you thought, whilst still no comment in every single question. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, you know, sort of coming out of it and sort of bit, looking a little bit incompetent, looking a little bit worried and looking, you know, looking yeah. at the thing going, oh, yeah, you might have uh, you might have got me here mm. and I don't really know how to get out of it. But actually, he's got an idea, hasn't he? Just, yeah. He's like, well, you know, this is not going to go anywhere. There's a laptop under the floorboard <laughs> um, because there's always a laptop under the floorboard. Yeah, and he turns to them and says, I'll take immunity and witness protection. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you very much, yeah. Because they, the police don't want this to be a thing. No. Did you notice Ted cutting him off? As he said, oh, well, initially it was him and him pulling the strings, and it was Cotton and Hilton. Yes, I did. And then then it was me. No, he says, and now it's, and Ted cuts him off and says, you, just before he can name the person. Yes, I did, yeah. Mm. And also says, it's me you're going to need witness protection from. Mm. Ted's Ben. He's not. I know he's not. He's but... not. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to have to have that argument with you. So I think, again, I don't think they explained themselves too well with this. The way I understood it was they trap him in a catch-22 where they will not give him immunity if he doesn't cooperate. But that would mean that he's the person who ordered the shooting of Gail Vella, which, by which he also he would not be immune. Because it's conspiracy to murder. Yes. So he needs to name the person who is working with, who they assume to be Osborne mm-hmm. in this. That was very, very quickly put through. Agreed. And I don't think there was enough 
I don't think there was enough exposition to help the other 50% of the audience who were still catching up with what's going on. I I expect there was some people missed out at that. Because mm, yeah. as soon as I do that, he looks he looks flummoxed and goes... And ev- everyone walks out at and that And then point. everyone goes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so they're now celebrating. They hope Buckles cooperates. Didn't stop around to see if he goes, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, it was all yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> One minute, they're like sort of there. And then next minute, they're in the pub. Yeah. Going, oh, here, cheers to you, mate. And there was a few scenes like that where Steve's arresting someone and then Steve's in the police station and it, they don't normally do that, mm-hmm. which is why, I th- again, I think it needs an extra half an hour. And I never say that someone needs yeah, an extra half true. hour. Yeah, it's true. You like to take all the hours away. Steve's seen an MO? Yes, um, medical officer. I just wondered who was you, all you, the way you, through. You're just question marking yeah, that. Yeah. You're looking at me like... I mean, there's literally a question mark. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a medical officer. He's getting medical help. Yeah. That's good. Kits, then shown in occupational therapy. But you're meant to think it's Steve, aren't yes. you? But she's in there, which again, is great. It's showing if you need help with your, you know, with your mental health, and she equally has seen all of these deaths. She's split up from her husband. She's, but there's been no sign of the son... Uh, Josh at any point, you know, who going and picking him up and doing They've got stuff every with actor it. in the world back, but they can't with find it. that one. They've got what? They've got every actor in the world back from previous <laughs> seasons, but they can't find that one. Uh, yeah, I think it's meant to be like that, hun. I think it's meant to be that she hasn't got enough time to see him, or you know, things are difficult with the with the ex husband. But it was nice to see her utilizing occupational health in that way. I do not want to see the romance between Kate and Steve that they are clearly. No neither do I I don't think they're gonna take it anywhere I think it's just that sort of I've really missed working with you oh I think they are really do yeah you think if it happened if it goes Both on in the pub and at the occupational therapist I think they are totally hinting towards oh that. right like there's only one I work with someone and he's got my back sort of thing yeah like, and me. I love him and I want <laughs> to I want to hold his hand that. and kiss him all night long she did she didn't check with subtitles it's there no, no. anyway my next note is their relationship would be a state. It would be rubbish. Because you see these two, two names together, Steve and Kate. Oh, I didn't get that. Dana. You how how long have you been working on this stuff? <laughs> well, thirty two minutes apparently. Honestly, <laughs> I realise you're making a lot of notes at the moment. Like you've made loads of notes last week, and now it has transposed into even more this wow. week. Wow! But the fact that you've had enough time whilst making the notes to think of these jokes, yes. I don't know whether to be proud I would be. or worried. <laughs> anyway, lovely little joke there, look. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. No, nothing says I love that joke than you go, oh, that was lovely. That was oh. really, do you want me to pat you on the shoulder? I feel like I'm being patted. <laughs> Carmichael and Ted. Have a little heart to heart. Yes. Well, he does a lovely speech. He's, he's in, he's in his civvies, yeah. open collar. Very nice. I like that jacket. Okay. Well, my jacket. Mm. It's got Gail Valor's blood on it. Um, enforced retirement has been appealed. Well, he's going to appeal. Yeah, it's leaving yeah. it open, isn't it? I'm going to appeal it. Doesn't mm. mean he's going to get it. Osborne's making a statement saying there's no institutional corruption. <laughs> Do you think they just play the same clip over and over again of Philip Osborne going, there's no institutional corruption here. My office is brilliant. I have acted on every wrongdoing and there's no institutional corruption here. I mean... That's, That's also so the subtitle I can just have another bit of text highlighted. Yeah, but yeah. every time they show him, it's, and he's on, like, I'm sure he's on the same steps as yeah. well. I continue to assure the you. the same thing with the two blokes behind him looking really angry. It's like the speech equivalent of you have not seen the episode of The Simpsons where the Marge gets a Gucci dress and then cuts it up every time so that it's the same dress. 
It doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. I have not seen that. <laughs> People will understand. <laughs> Ted rants to her. I thought it was more than a rant. I thought it was a, a statement. Actually, what I thought at the time was, I felt it wasn't Ted speaking. I felt it was Jed Mercurio speaking. Yes. And giving us his overview of how he feels about institutionalised corruption and how he feels about the need for truth and integrity, particularly given the references he has made throughout all the series, but particularly in this series, to um, Stephen Lawrence and the case that you talked about. Christopher Aldler. Thank you. Um, which I've heard on, on another podcast, he said he was really hoping people would go and look up those cases, having heard that they were, you know, that he was making reference to them Absolutely. And, and learning and understanding about those cases. And it's not often that Jed Mercurio does these sort of editorial speeches. True. More in the first series, where there's those two PCs who are having to deal with paperwork and stuff like that, and that feels like very much a comment, but I think there's so much plot in these later series that they just don't have time to do with that. So, yeah, he's definitely come back to... Mm. This is his podium, and this is what yeah. this is his TED talk, and yeah. oh, TED talk, yeah, TED talk, yeah. Oh, well done. Is that in your notes? No, it's not. Oh. That, that was a, that was a happy mistake. Well done. Ted leaves, comes back. Thought he was going to do like, this. What is he going to do? What is but he, he going to do? Confesses yeah. to everything, and then it leaves it with Carmichael. Does well, he doesn't confess to everything. He just he doesn't say anything about the money. No, no, no. He doesn't no. say anything about the money. He just says just here is a bit of information. Doesn't go to the fully illegal activity mm, that he did. Just the... exactly. Yeah, he deals with his conscience, I think. He's... But he also puts the... What's the word I'm looking for? He puts the, the, this weight on her, on Carmichael, after making that speech. And you can see in Anna Maxwell-Martin's eyes, the way she acts is she's thinking about it. She's really thinking about her position in this force and what she wants to be. And he then puts that on her shoulders and says, you know, you do with that what you think, Mum. So does she do something with it? Does she not? He is tempting her to charge him and yeah. open up the floodgates, I think, is, yeah, the, is the answer. He then leaves. We get we get the big three going down in a lift, which looks like the comeback album of an indie band from the 90s. Didn't it just? Yeah. That was interest, an interesting shot. Yes. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. It looked a bit CGI'd. Uh, well, it is. It, it totally is, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know they wanted like the three of them together because the glass it... is a different colour to where it comes down. Is and... it symbolic? Is there a sim- is there some sort of symbolism there of them like going down? You know, like not like leaving. I've already AC covered 12 my thoughts on Kate and Steve. <laughs> We're not going there tonight, love. It's not that sort of podcast. I just mean. You know, is it the end of AC12 in that, you know, they're leaving the building is what I, you know, that was my feeling with it. I know it's really open. You said at the beginning of our recording that you would come back to this and that you had lots of notes about this. Yeah. What What's your what's your feeling here? You you said that there was just too much to let it go. I know, think there's too go. much of Ted still being linked with the OCG. I think that they're, they are laying the groundwork for a Kate and Steve romance that no one wants to see. I guarantee no one wants to see it, unless if you want to see it, in which case I apologise. Not you, I'm talking to Not the me, listener. No. Yeah. I think they're, they are totally going to carry this on. I think that there will be now a time jump of a year as we usually see, and Carmichael will either be... Well, Jed probably doesn't know yet, 
and he will... All right, all right, you're speaking for Jed, are you? And, well, I think... He, I don't think he has these all planned out. I think he sort of lays groundwork and then I think he looks at things and, and sees put, where it he's probably goes. got a, he's probably got a whiteboard the size of I really hope house. so yeah and he that's how go, I think about got, it we've got something from here and put it forwards and mm. we've got this from here and we'll and work we'll, it round we'll move it together I'd love to know if he had buckles lined up from the beginning now he must have known something to do with buckles otherwise he wouldn't have keep bringing him back but I, you think this is like no. a lost scenario where it's 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 grown as it's gone on, and yeah. there hasn't been this seven, well, six, six series arc as it would be. There is no way when it starts. Yeah, Buckles is going to be the mm-hmm. villain in season six. Yeah, I, because we didn't know we would get to this. Because he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's a, if he is, then Jed Bakura is a genius. But, but we bear in even... mind, it was planning on ending two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. And then they brought it back, and yeah. Because you never know whether you're going to get the same actor coming back as well, and whether that yeah. character would even be progressing progressing through. Brilliant for Nigel Boyle, by the way, as Buckles. I mean, what a, an amazing, amazing role for him. Yeah. I'm so pleased for him as well. Like, I don't even know him, but I was so pleased that he got to come and, and see this through, having been someone who's been through all those series. It really pays off, I think, as someone who's in a Jed Mercurial production like this. That you know, you you might one day be the fourth man. You know, you you never know if your character's going to end up on the end of a pier with a throat cut, or you're going to end up in the glass box. That must be fascinating. Long for enough timeline, Amanda is going to be the ones doing this. Oh, There's yeah. no corruption on the um, Too right. with Chloe and um, Manit. No, she's dead. Um, <laughs> Who else can we have? <laughs> you know what? I'm Lomax. terrible with with yeah. Lomax is probably the only one who's sort of like untainted. With the isn't ghost he? of Manitz going, <laughs> there is. I'm feeling quite uh, yeah. Feeling yeah, quite yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've still got the end bits to do. Yes, I, w- I was hoping you were going to come up to that. A lovely, lovely, lovely scene of Terry. He's been acquitted of everything, and he goes in, finds a new home. They've got a little banner up. Another girl um, with who's learning disabled comes up and gives him a big hug when mm. he arrives. It was so heartwarming. Yeah, it was it was really really lovely, and it was great to see you know looking at his welfare, and they were also going to investigate how you know for all that time he was being controlled by the OCG, and as a vulnerable person, he was not able to. Um, have anyone come and support him? That, yes. I I really really like that. And it's just a lovely ending, and you sort of feel like, oh, good, he's going to live somewhere. It looks like it's like independent living. Um, yes. He's going to go and live somewhere with uh, friends, and he's going to have a lovely time. And mm. you just sort of think, good. Joe Davison gets a really oh, lovely no, no, ending no, no, as well. No, no, no. Oh, hang on. We've got two more first. Oh, hang on. We're... Oh, we're not doing it right. We have, doing to, do it in in, we have to do it in an order. I've got okay. notes, love. I've, I've, I've missed half the season. <laughs> I was doing down. it thematically, but no, you go ahead. Charge against Frida have been dropped. Mm. Darren Hunter's being investigated for the murder. Can we go back to Frida? Yes. Frida's now still, she's gone back to policing I think Farida still has a lot of things she needs to work out do you remember at the beginning what she was like with Joe Davison with all the cutting up of the clothes and all of this sort of business I think she has issues that she needs to work through yeah. nah. <laughs> alright I mean compared to like half the other policemen in here she's a well, saint yeah. she okay fair enough but yeah I just kind of thought mm, she kind of got away with things didn't she apart from the fact she was tortured in prison but you know putting that to one yeah, side she got away with it yeah. yeah if anything she should be glad <laughs> Darren Hunter. Darren what were Hunter. you going to say? 
Darren Hunter has been investigated for the murder of Lawrence Christopher. But they're not interested in opening up cold cases, which I no. thought was interesting. Absolutely. And Carmichael says that as well. She's like, we just, we, we're not going to go there. Yeah. Go on then. You can talk about it. Talk about oh, the dog. Oh, Joe. Joe and the dog and her girlfriend. Yes. It was amazing hair. Um, I thought it was just lovely. The, the beautiful, picturesque cottage that she comes out of. The love it. It's like a red door. The dog... The girlfriend, the country like cottagey clothes they were wearing, the, the the um the lovely hats and the walk down the the tree line like the trees with the leaves falling, yeah, it was lovely. I mean, Why are you, are looking you watching at me like Pride that? and Prejudice or something like that? Because <laughs> Pride that's what we're talking about. cottagey things. No, yeah, it it was it was I really nice quite to. Lovely. Who? Pemberley. Oh, well, are you are you trying to show me your Jane Austen knowledge I'm, as part of this podcast? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I liked it. Given what she's found out about herself, given her life, I thought it was a lovely ending for her. I mean, you're not going to dive into anyone's backstory that there is a... How do you mean? Well... Your girlfriend asks you, oh, so where did you grow oh, up? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was thinking that, actually. I was like, oh, no, just, I you know... I grew up in... <laughs> The Midlands. <laughs> well, she did a lot better than Jill Bigelow, who ends up living in, like, you, you when you saw where she ended up, it was, like, an end-of-terrace sort of flat-type place. Yes. Into one that didn't look particularly great. It definitely wasn't a beautiful cottage with a red door and a dog. No, 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 no. Yeah. Fair point. I think it's a bit of favouritism, but, yeah, there we go. And then Buckles ends up in a vulnerable persons unit, so... Obviously playing on the protection that Joe was afforded earlier. Um, but he's smiling. Yes. Because it says, because <laughs> obviously he can read the, the title card, <laughs> but it says underneath his little face that um, they are looking to give him immunity. <laughs> what? I'm sure, I've just been reminded of a film where they do this at the end and then a guy look, turn, looks, looks down, down and goes... Nice one. Something like that. It's probably like road well, trip. That's what it is. Double, like th- that. double thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. buckles. Yeah. When he sees that he's not going to be invested. Is it that Osborne has pulled, or is it Carmichael? Someone's pulled to say that the anything from the trial will not be made public. Yes, it's it's a it's not in the interest of the of the public. He's going to have immunity. Yes. Understand. And then, oh, well, it oh. says an AC twelve has never been weaker. That was yeah. the big, you know, thing at the end. But there was nothing else about, like, Super Chloe. It doesn't say, you know, Chloe was seconded to a unit where her super competence was rewarded. P.S. She is Tony Gates' daughter. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's not say anything about that. Yeah, it didn't... I would have liked to have seen sort of what happened to her. Like, she was sort of left just floating and she had so many good scenes and she was so instrumental in bringing this information to these people. All the time, Chloe's bringing them the things that breaks Mm. the case all the way through the series. And I felt she was a little bit sort of left out towards it. And I know they've got the main three. I know the main three have been there since the beginning. And I know people come and go all the time. And really, really good characters, really brilliant actors. And those three are meant to be our core. But I thought Chloe, you know, really could have... We could have seen what had happened to her. Or maybe she'd got a commendation or... You know, I don't know. She'll be DCR next season. Well, I hope so. I mean, I don't know whether... I've, as we've established, I've just you said some know. letters yeah, I mean, that I know mean. That would be a gigantic leap. And she would have missed out about three different steps. But, you know, you never know with the show. Wait, who's DCI? 
at the minute. I don't know if that's Carmichael. Carmichael? Is she DCI? Oh, now you see, you've caught me. I'm sure she was at one point. What was Steve made to? Steve, Steve's a DI. No, but he was made to be. Yeah, from else. a DS to a DI. So, Detective Sergeant to a Detective Inspector. Now, a DCI is a Detective Chief Inspector. So, I don't know if that's Ted. Is Ted DCI Hastings? Superintendent. Oh, he's a Superintendent Hastings, yeah. Wow, I don't know. None of this makes <laughs> you would, sense. You would think after seven episodes of doing this strange instant reaction podcast we would actually get information like this people at home are screaming you realize that you think it'd be like star trek where they've got like the black and gold pips on so we know <laughs> just, just exactly i mean i know they've got the what stripes but they just wear suits in this or <laughs> or waistcoats if you stay too right so comes the end of our podcast oh wow that's been a strange seven seven weeks thank it's you so much for listening um, we are blown away by how many people have listened, how many people have got in touch about it. Um, I think next week we are going to do the last two minutes of Call the Midwife and do a podcast on that because <laughs> we've seen that every week and it looks, frankly, it looks That's well, it looks great. pretty pretty bland. But um, we'll see if we can get the half an hour out of that and <laughs> rob you of more sleep. It's uh, it's amazing the idea. I mean, you came up with the idea, um, so credit to you. For you know, I don't remember that. But do you, yeah, know, you, no. you just thought, uh, let's do something different with this particular podcast. Let's do instant reaction because you you're right, and you said this on our let's drop it in on our interview with BBC Radio Newcastle that we had <laughs> earlier this week. But I was I wasn't going to say it, but now I remember. You said this on that interview that it was that Line of Duty has become like a, an an event, particularly after what what has happened in term in the UK with so many lockdowns with the pandemic with with having some really really challenging times mm. um across the world as well as in the UK we've it, i think television is often seen as being light and fluffy it's seen to be something that's maybe throwaway and i think the line of duty and the response to line of duty has really shown us how important culture is in times of stress and in times of challenge this has brought so many people together and I saw something earlier on Twitter where someone had said that they had felt so lonely because they were alone during the lockdown in the UK. And we've had sort of three lockdowns, is it now, yeah. in the UK, where people haven't been allowed to see their family and friends. We are very lucky in that we, we live together. We've, we've bubbled together for a long time because we were doing that even before the pandemic because our son was vulnerable. Mm. So we've been together and, you know, we all, what we say, we're a team and we help each other out. And to imagine being by yourself and having not having that ability to have a hug from someone or to talk to someone about how you're feeling must be really, really difficult. And line of duty for, for a lot of people, from what I'm seeing tonight on social media, has been something where they felt a sense of community, especially because of the online nature where people are sharing their theories. and yeah. Like, look at us doing a podcast about it's it. It's like a World Cup where you go on and there's everyone talking about it and everyone's talking about, you get a text half an hour before, I got a text half an hour before the, the episode going, I'm so excited. It, and Yeah, it's, I I don't think, there isn't another show that I can think of immediately we could do this for. Mm. But because, I mean, we could, we could do it for anything. We could do it for Call the Midwife, last two minutes, <laughs> minute, two minutes of Midwife. You've done that, Joe, love. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there is anything on the UK telly right now 
that demand appointment watching mm. ever since Game of Thrones has gone. Because we yeah. used to get up at five o'clock oh, in the morning yeah. and watch Game of Thrones. And um, we did for the original um, series one of Westworld, for example, yeah. until that didn't and, you know, work. Well, I mean, both of them eventually f- fell apart. Um, Game of Thrones ended, Westworld is still limping on mm. in many ways. But there is nothing that I think would drive people to a podcast other than Game of Thrones, unless you go into something which becomes part of pop culture, like Love Island when it comes out or something like that. Yeah. And I don't think we need to be doing five nightly podcasts. <laughs> you know, I really don't think that would be good for our relationship. I don't think, well, <laughs> yeah. I'd, <laughs> you could do it with other people if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. We'll have an open podcasting relationship. <laughs> I wouldn't be. It clashes with Match of the Day as well. So, oh, well, you yeah. know, we can't have that. Mm. But it, it's been such an, uh, a fun thing to do yeah and like you say instant reaction just getting the recorder out recording i mean what's the time now it's it's quad it's 10 to like 10 to 11 at night who would have thought that we'd be sat hiding out in our house so that our son can't hear us and wake up and just chatting about what hastings has been doing and whether you think the first bit's right whether people have been texting you lackluster and all of this sort of stuff you know who would have thought that that you know would be something that would give us so much like really joy actually and and keep us keep us going keep us going through these quite difficult times so yeah thank you everyone who has taken the time out to listen to us complete weirdos rambling on through sleep deprivation as well who knows what we are saying sometime i like look at you and go what have you just said i think my favorite moments are when we make a theory and then immediately go online after finishing (laughs) recording it and find out that it's completely wrong (laughs) or that someone's thought of it sort of 10 weeks ago and we've been been giving us really good props about it and then it's like no no yeah it's 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 been obvious Yeah, yeah 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 So yeah, this is the end of the instant reaction, line of duty, urgent exit required podcast. (laughs) I was getting there, I was getting there. But um, if you are interested in listening to two idiots rambling on about TV and film, we do um, all sorts of different shows. TVs, films. TVs? TVs, yeah. It is late. So yeah, please subscribe um, and subscribe to our feed. You can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Just look for The Honeymoon Period. Thehoneymoonperiod.com. Oh, yes. We're on we're thehoneymoonperiod.com now. You can just go to a website and you find us. I'm still amazed that we got that .com. <laughs> because how has no one done thehoneymoonperiod.com? Like, exactly, I know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, check out thehoneymoonperiod.com. We only paid <laughs> Yeah, right. We haven't got money hidden in our loft. Ted Hastings hasn't been to our house. I wish. Well, well done. I'm oh, impressed thank with that. you. Thank you. We should end there. Yeah. It's yes. not going to get any better than this. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Bye bye.